Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, please put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's, it's the deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how do you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Apple Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just I mean. You're welcome. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, the Straight Edge Monster Jack. That's Ryan. Can you hear me good over there still? Too fucking loud. Just turn it down. Oh. All right, you're kind of lagging, so I didn't know. All right. Hopefully everything's good. We've had a lot of technical difficulties these last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to try to get through this show. Hot tag topics. My shit's fine. <clears throat> Um, rocking the fight for the fallen shirt. Obviously, that's coming up this week for the Maui fires, and I'm also rocking some sweet shoes right now that I will show you in a second. But first, we have to talk about that's the wrong button. I've heard that's there. We go, <laughs> Naito. Naito winning the G1 climax over Okada in the finals. That's right, Naito champion again of the G1. I believe this is his third. I want to say third. That's some high effort work there. With I can't remember. Okada. Love it. Turn Don't you love it? I did a lot of work on this stuff this morning for no reason when I came back to my computer and it was all fucked up. Got to put some MS Paint X's over his eyes too. Really good shit. Actually, this uh, this was used by on Canva, but okay. Mm -hmm. Options are limited when it's the free version. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. First off, I just want everybody to know that my final four ended up making it. Those were the final four that I wanted to actually end up going after the eight were announced. I mean, because I wanted Eddie Kingston, obviously, to go to the to the tournament, fa tournament phase of it, but that did not happen. Um, all right. The, the Finley's just too good. Um, let's, what? Yeah, it was Finley that pretty much got him out, right? It was his last match. Yeah, well, yeah, let's not discuss who should have been in there and 
how they didn't, how they fucked themselves over there, Tama. Uh, Master Watto. Jesus, what? Anyway. Master Watto should have been in there. Um, yeah, Naito Tama's winning the G1. Was... Let's start with there. Like it, love right. it, hate it. It's whatever. It's another, another Naito G1. People over there like it. Oh, People they were love... way into it. People love Naito over there, so, you know. Speaking of Naito, those are the shoes I'm rocking. First time ever. I've had them for over six years, probably. Still don't even have the laces in them. Found them in the bottom of the barrel of my shoe stacks today. Just to, rip, just to pull these out for the show. I don't have a shirt to rock with them. So that's why I've never worn them. <laughs> mm. But now that they got New Japan shirts on wrestling tees, maybe I'll get one. I wasn't paying that fucking much money for no... New Japan shirt to be shipped over for that's fucking outrageous. Uh but yeah, Naito winning the G1 climax, so you don't you're indifferent on it. Yeah, I don't care. I mean So we can go with like it then instead of you don't love it and you don't hate it, so Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I know that he's really popular over there. He's a lot more popular in Japan than I think he is with Western New Japan fans. Um he's pretty much been the top one or two fan favorites over there for years and years, so not really surprising they would have him win another one as a his time in the rotation of him okada and nobushi <laughs> so there you go um yeah i i'm fine with it we'll see what happens at wrestle kingdom obviously but so he's gonna get a shot at sonata assuming sonata is still champion of course by the time he wrestles at wrestle kingdom because sonata has to worry about somebody else baby and that's no. everything being evil up in this bitch that's right. Evil this. beat him. So that means he gets to go against him. Everything is evil in Sonata's life right now. Evil over Sonata every single fucking time. Let's go. People hate evil over here and over there. And I don't even care, dude. I'm like one of like five fans of evil. Don't care. He's way better than Sonata. Sonata's boring as shit. I hope evil takes it from him. He's already stolen the title. He sold the title before. Uh, the finals took place. So that was awesome. And now he's obviously going to fight him, but I, I assume Sonata's going to retain and take it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. Well, the story has to be Naito and Sonata because of Sonata leaving uh, LIJ. So, I mean, you could do Evil winning it too because Evil also really left LIJ, but they've already done that. They did that a long time ago. They, they kind of finished up the whole story, so... Um, the story that makes the most sense is for Sonata to beat Evil, wrap that all up, um, get his win back from, you know, all the times he's lost <laughs> and then uh, have have the Naito-Sonata thing play out since Sonata split from LIJ. Um, I don't know what, what direction they go with the winner on that because it does kind of make sense to have Sonata win to wrap up that end of his arc too where he's like Okay, I broke away. I, I proved myself. I'm good. I can do it on my own. Whatever. They do their little handshake or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but when it makes away. sense for Naito to win in and be like, "Hey, you you could you were good, but you were never better than me. That's why you were never elevated within Lij." I mean, like I said, they could do it both ways, but it would still make sense for Sonata's arc if he wins. So there's no there's no telling who they actually have in up. I can't take another Sonata win out of Wrestle Kingdom. Can't do it. Um, that's hater talk. So. Yes, it is. He's boring as shit. No charisma not, whatsoever. It's not boring. It's Terrible. Just... I am not a Sonata fan. Sorry, guys. I like Naito, obviously, or I wouldn't have the shoes um, oh, so that I paid $130 like... for. Do you like 
evil's in-ring work, or do you like his character work, or do you like... All of it, dude. It's just different from everything else that's going on in New Japan. Like, the people that hate it, I don't understand, because it's not like uh, Sonata and Naito and Okada, they all do the same thing. It's just House of Torture that does the shit ton of interference stuff, so I don't understand the hate, because every time you see somebody hate on evil, that's what it's about. Yeah, because it's not interesting. Who cares? It's the same reason people... You do whatever you have to do to win. That's what they say in every other goddamn promotion, right? No. Yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. Even even face commentators will be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You just gotta do whatever you gotta do to win. It's Bullet Club shit outside of Bullet Club proper, which is why people are weird. I'm cool with it. Um, I... I, I used to like Evil, but now all his matches have the same formula and they're kind of boring. And it's not him, necessarily. It's just the way that he's booked lately. I'm just not super into him. Almost every wrestler has the same formula. Um, Depends on what you mean by formula. I'm so, talking about like their individual match. Like that individual wrestler has their own formula. When it gets too formulaic, it's a problem. It's the same complaint that people have about current Roman Reigns matches with the constant fucking interference. I don't have a problem with that either. What I had a problem with was interference on a match that wasn't supposed to have interference. (laughs) That's what I had a problem with. No matches are supposed to have interference. That's the point. Oh my god, come on. We all know that's bullshit, though. I understand that the tribal rule shit had its own special thing that also said no interference, but double no interference. But all matches are not supposed to have interference. Right, the ref doesn't say it. It doesn't matter. Okay, so... so I never had a problem with the Roman Reigns matches until the Tribal... I don't have... I never had... I never said anything about how Roman's matches ended. Um, but we're talking about the problem that people have with formulaic booking. You know what the other issue is? I think, to your point, is that, you know, when I was complaining about how all Roman matches had the interference, but the... The issue wasn't really the interference. It was the fact that he needed the interference after having like three months off before he had another singles match. Ideal. Evil doesn't have that. So it happens a lot more often. So as a person that's on the Western side that only watches G1, Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash, you know, the big shows or whatever. It's maybe not that uh, apparent to me. Like it doesn't doesn't affect me as much as them over there. So I could understand why they don't like it as much, I guess. If he's on every fucking card. Having a four-on-four match and still needed interference is a... I would see that as an issue. Yes, that would annoy me. It's it's boring as shit. You just wait the whole... Every time there's an evil match, you're just waiting for the stupid fucking... I can say that about Yano matches, though. He does the same shit every match. But he's supposed... Well, he doesn't, because the way that he does stuff is... It's all comedy spots, but the way that he does the comedy spot is significantly different per match, especially in in high-end stuff. Like, he gets pretty creative with it. But if you mean, like, he cheats in every match, sure... But the thing is, he finds creative ways to do it where it's, like, still playing to that comedy element. There's no comedy element in House of Torture fucking interfering. This is boring. Taekwon in the house. Taekwon, if we get booted off of here, it's been nice knowing you. I won't have a new graphics card till Friday. <laughs> I think I'm about to buy one when I get off of here. But my computer's been fucking up on me. But he says, I like Roman, but I do think the constant interference clashes with his presentation as a dominant heel. Correct. Because even guys who weren't necessarily dominant heels were able to get clean wins on occasion like Flair, Angle, Jericho. Oh, Flair did it all the time. I mean, Flair cheated within the match, but he never needed outside help to win the matches. He would do the thumb to the eyes, back rig, hit low blow, shit like that when the rest of the not looking. But he never had 
the entire fucking four horsemen come out there and interfere in every match. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically what the House of Torture stuff is, yeah, and the and the Bloodline stuff, yeah. Just but yeah, the, the legitimate the legitimate heels, even like the MJF type deal, same same concept. Um, they don't need four other dudes doing their shit for them because if like if you're in every promo talking about how you're the greatest in the world type deal. Now I'm not saying evil does that. That's that's the one difference. Evil never says that. He doesn't say he's the best in the world. He's the best wrestler in the world. He's better than Okada and all this other shit. You have uh, no idea what the fuck evil says. Come on, man. He doesn't say that. He says everything is evil. That's what he says, which is accurate. He, he says that too. So he but, does exactly what he says. Everything is no, evil. Cheats all the time, and he and he follows through. I don't understand why we're mad about that. I'd be more upset about the Roman thing, Roman Reigns thing, who is the tribal chief and everyone needs to look up to him, but then he uses minions to fucking do all his work for him constantly. Or if like, uh, uh, like he said with the, uh, with Flair and Angle, like if Flair and Angle came out there and every match they had three dudes interfering, I would understand why people would be upset about that. You can't call yourself the best in the world or ever and then have a shit ton of interference constantly. Do you think so I don't think evil has that issue. That evil has never, come on, man. Come on, dude. Do you think Evil has never cut a promo where he said that he's better than everybody else in New Japan? He's better than Sonata, and I believe him. I know that this is what it all boils back down to, is you just don't like Sonata, but... Yes, I have, uh, why would I? Right now. It, my screen went black, and I thought it was going to fucking restart on me. I haven't dropped any frames. Still says I'm live. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know. I don't know how to... I don't think we're going to get through this, but... Anyway, hype levels. Um... For all in two, we talked a little bit about this last week. You can still hear me though, right? Were, were you done talking about evil? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I what else to talk? Oh, I do want to talk about one more thing about. Uh, about one more thing about um, G1 Climax. The Osprey changing his title. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I don't give a shit. You don't care? I think they should just call it the Intercontinental or, or the... Well, actually, the International is what would make more sense and then have it be whatever that country's flag is, etc. And just have different titles for whenever somebody wins it of that nationality, which be would be cool as fuck to me. I mean, it, his, his description makes perfect sense, but, I mean, like, I really don't care one way or the other either. It looks pretty much the exact same title, except it's just different flag, right? Somebody did say something about it being some sort of precursor to maybe bringing back the Intercontinental, but I don't know how you do that since its lineage now is tied with the the current IWGP. Yeah, um, continents don't have flags though either. Yeah. Or do you think we could call it Intercontinental and then still just do the flag of the nationality within the continent? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's not real. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can do that. That's true. Um, there's no law. Um... Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I think it's. I think if they start calling it the IWGP UK title or something and start acting like it has different lineage. Do you think this has something to do with him being at All In too, and then now he can come out with the, the UK title or whatever, and get the pop. I think they would pop for him the same as if. Oh yeah, I mean, I I agree, but I think this adds to the presentation though. I guess maybe. I why it it doesn't. I think if Jericho wins, I think if Jericho wins and calls it the Canadian title, I think we we're onto something here. I, I think if Jericho wins and then takes the UK title from him in Wembley, then yes, that adds to whatever the fuck their plan is from there. But um, otherwise, no, I don't think it really matters. All right, now we can move on. All right, hype levels for AEW All In Two. We talked a little bit about this last week, but we knew that there was going to be more matches announced, and they were. So here we go. Uh, Aussie Open versus 
better than you, baby, for the Zero Hour for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. Darby and Sting versus AR Fox and Swerve in a coffin match. Tag Team Coffin match. I believe that's the first time that's ever happened. Fatal 4-Way Women's Title match uh, has also been added with uh, Sheeta defending against Tony Storm, um, Soraya, and obviously it'll be Britt Baker. Um, so, hype levels the same, higher, lower from last week. I think I gave it a, I think I said eight, and you said seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, high, hype levels now. And there's been a lot of discourse about the card on online. So, and a lot of it not good, which is interesting to me, but whatever. Not good how? Like, people complaining about Jericho or what? No, because the Jericho match hasn't been announced yet, so no, they're just reacting to the shit that's been announced. And then there, there were, although I think the discourse was actually started because of the rumored match that Omega was going to be in was versus, versus Takeshi, and everybody was hyped about that, and now it's been rumored to be changed to Omega, uh, Ibushi, and Paige versus the bang, Bullet bang, Club bang. Gold. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, Which is what I said last week, by the way, that they should do. Well, it's not it's not Bullet Club Gold, right? It's just Juice and Jay and then Takeshita. Yeah, I assume so, yeah. yeah so, um, I think anybody complaining about that match is out of their fucking mind. I, I agree. I understand the the want to see Kenny Omega in a high-profile singles match in a big stadium show or whatever, but if you look even back at the original All-In, wasn't the main event also a multi-man match? With yeah, that was the Young and Bucks the and yeah. somebody versus Rey Mysterio, Bandito. Was it, was it Shima? Who? The Chinese guy. Shima, C-I-M-A. All so it was the Young Bucks? No, no, I don't think so. Was it not? No, nah, he was in a he was with the other guys that he, the Stronghearts. I believe that was a different match. The main event of All in One was the Young Bucks and somebody versus, I believe Phoenix, Bandito, and Rey Mysterio. I can't remember who the fuck the Young Bucks teamed up with. Damn, how the fuck do I not know that? Give me a second. It's a long time ago. But anyway, go ahead. Talk while I'm looking this up because I don't want to waste any time. Yeah, the um, the complaints about that that match specifically don't make any sense to me. Um. Like I was saying, I, I do understand wanting to see Kenny Omega in like a big singles match or whatever, but you've got another pay-per-view another week after that where he'll probably be doing something in singles that they're probably going to be setting up as part of this anyway. Um, and with when you have a big stadium show like this, the idea is to get as many people on the card as possible. So complaining about not everybody having a singles match is kind of weird. And then also, I love Takeshita, but I don't think they've built him up enough to be the one in that spot in a singles match. And if they do put him there... I don't think it'd be very high on the card. Like you've got the There's a Bushi, by the way. Okay. You've got Abushi and Matt and Nick Jackson, the Golden Elite, defeated Bandito, Ray Mysterio, and Ray Phoenix. I do remember that it was a rushed match or whatever because they were running out of time on the pay per view. And that match was like fucking balls to the wall for all ten, eleven minutes that it was. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um But yeah, I mean this it's just about getting names on the card at this point so that you can say that you had, you know, whatever different people work that show. Okay, so my, my issue is is that I was going back and forth with one dude on Twitter, which I'm still calling it that because... Yeah. Because... Fuck that. Because, yeah. Because, what the fuck? I'm not calling it X. That's fucking stupid. 
You've been ex punk. All right, let's see. Um, middle aged dork trying to sound cool, yeah. Gonna call it X. It's super cool. Hold on, I've been actually fucking 1995 AIM screen name ass. All right, so the original tweet was by Lee Charlton, and I don't have a mark that tweet this week, so we'll just use this real quick. Um, so everybody obviously is referring to this as the biggest pro wrestling event in history, right? Because it is, as far as attendance, and probably ticket sales by the time it's done. Fake news. Well, I don't know. It might not be the Dallas WrestleMania for date, Collision but... in Korea, baby. Yeah, well, that's what he said. Collision in Korea never happened. That's why you can't justify the size of an event solely based on arena attendance as people completely disregarding those two events. Pay-per-view buys, merchandise sales, cultural meaning, and industry timing, as well as the attendance, contribute overall. I said Collision in Korea was attended by people forced to be there. Also, if we were talking cultural, then All In 2 would have already surpassed the biggest cultural pro wrestling event ever just by hitting 50k, let alone 80. What they're doing right now was at one time unimaginable. Impossible. What, is, what does that mean to you? What does that sentence mean to you? That it would have surpassed the biggest cultural by passing 50k? Pro wrestling event. Yeah, but there's been... how? Because, okay, so here's the thing. The very first all-in was based off of can we sell 10,000 tickets when WWE has ran the entire industry for over 20 or 20 years, 20 plus years, right? And they did it. That was a big shift because it ended up creating AEW. I think them running Wembley and selling 50K, which is fucking five times the amount of what they did at all-in one, would have already surpassed it in a cultural setting because of them going against WWE. At one point, and which was not long ago, no one ever thought there would ever be another promotion that would even come close to WWE. And this motherfucker popped up out of nowhere and is now on pace and running side by side with them. At 80k and passing the actual SummerSlam 92 number officially, which I believe happened this week. What they're doing right now is insane and no one is looking at it from that perspective they're just comparing it to collision in korea who gives a fuck about collision in korea that was not a cultural fucking pro wrestling event i would i don't think i would use the word cultural for what you're trying to say uh, i mean i think it's significant for the industry yeah well that's what i'm talking about a cultural impact in the actual industry i'm not talking about in i'm not talking about pop culture like wrestlemania 3 was gotcha okay then then sure yeah if you mean like it's more significant industry-wise. I will say that WrestleMania 3 was a lot easier to pull off because there was a lack of channels, right? There was no social media. I think it was easier to pull that off than what AEW is pulling off right now against something that had been going for 50 years and ran unopposed for 20-plus. Yeah. Um, I agree. I just... Okay, so here's. Did you see the the weird little war that was happening on the Wikipedia about the highest attended uh, wrestling? Well, events? people just kept going in there and changing the shit. People kept going in and trying to add like multi day events to it, and counting attendance for shit where that's not what they were there for. So like, SmackDown had a had a, done one episode at the Rolling Loud Festival or whatever the fuck in like the Hard Rock Cafe parking lot or something, and it was like over the course of multiple days. But then they put that in there as the full attendance of the entire Rolling Loud event over multiple days for the one SmackDown thing. And trying to say that, like, oh, no, this was actually the highest, like, WWE event. But what they didn't realize is that AEW had done their little um, show at Gamescom, or whatever the fuck it's called, in Germany. 
And so technically, if you wanted to do it under those criteria, <laughs> the Evil Uno versus Christopher Daniels match, I think it was, was actually the main event of the highest wrestling one because like two, 260-something thousand people attended Gamescom over the course of however many days. So, uh, yeah, it's like a whole stupid fucking thing where they're... I, I don't know who cares about wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. If we were doing that, wouldn't WrestleMania 2 beat everything because it was held in like three different arenas at the same time? No, because even all those added up, I think, was only one... 80-something. So here's the thing about the things that they're citing. It's like 260,000-plus gotcha. because they're counting the attendance of the full thing, right? So even three arenas at 60K apiece would only be 180. Um, Which I don't think all three of them were 60K apiece anyway. There's no way. Not for WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 3 is when it popped off. So WrestleMania 2, I assume that it was actually lower than probably... probably lower than 60K, honestly. So, um, yeah, the Rolling Loud thing is fucking hilarious, though. Like, oh, and then they tried to combine the, the two days of, I think, the most recent WrestleMania to say that the total attendance is what matters over the course of the two days or whatever because of one event. Like, that kind of shit, dude. These, these people, I don't know who... So they don't know so the difference desperate. between events and events? Yeah. Is basically what I you're saying. I'm trying to figure out who the fuck is so desperate to, like, defend WWE on being the highest attended whatever that they're like, oh, you know what? That one SmackDown episode of Rolling Loud, <laughs> we should count the total attendance of all of Rolling Loud for that entire year. But what was the attendance for WrestleMania in so Dallas, stupid. though, at the new stadium? I believe. I mean, I don't see what was the actual attendance. Is the question? That's the thing. The one that they had in Dallas with the new Cowboy Stadium, where it seats over a hundred thousand fucking people. I believe they announced it at a hundred thousand something people, but I don't know what the actual number is. Let's see. But all this aside. My hype level, I would say, has not wavered, but it hasn't really gone up yet either. If that makes sense. I think I'm going to stay at an 8. So which one are you talking about? Which which event? The, the, the most recent Dallas one. Whatever the fuck it was. I don't know what number it was. You sure it wasn't Arlington? Yeah, I'm, I, I assume that's where the Cowboys play. It's, it's the stadium for the Dallas Cowboys. That's why I said Dallas. Oh, so AT&T Stadium. Yeah, it's Arlington, Texas. It's not Dallas, technically. But, uh, but yeah, that's where the Dallas Cowboys play. Actual attendance was 80,709. Okay. So technically, that's still number one, then. For right now, yeah. Because I'm well, not counting Collision in Korea. Right. So yeah. And somebody finally came back into this article and split the Collision in Korea's back into two days, first of all. So it was uh, 150 and 165. But then also they took out all that bullshit with the rolling loud and whatever. So it seems like somebody came and, and said, nah, fuck that. So AEW still has a little bit to go. But like you said, when you texted me uh, the new number after they announced the Sting match, like, mm -hmm. let's be real. Like, there's a lot of people that have never seen Sting in person. This is their one chance to do it because everybody knows he's about to leave. I do believe that announcing a match for Sting actually helped move the needle a little bit. Um, so that's pretty cool. That he's going to get a chance to be in front of a huge crowd like that again after the debacle that was WrestleMania against Triple H. Uh, but yes, I am up to... I'm, a, I'm still up to an 8. I don't know what it would take for me to get higher. I think I would push it to a 9 because it's like it's like an 8.5 right now. I'm like leaning towards it, but I'm not saying 0.5s for this. But I feel like once they announce the Omega match, whatever that's going to be, I think it'll be bumped up to a 9. Bring AJ Lee out of retirement to do a mixed tag. That'd be fucking insane, but I don't think that's gonna happen. 
she's looking stacked. So she did. She looked pretty in shape last time I saw her. Yeah, she probably could, but I doubt she wants to. And well, I know, I know that the this is her last season of WoW, and the season is still going. So I don't think she can technically go anywhere until that season is done airing, because it's taped, obviously. I don't know what her I don't know what her contract situation is like as far as other wrestling companies. I don't know if it was actually discussed because she was never planning on being anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? But like for instance, Wrecking Ball, who is who is uh, Heidi Howitzer, she can wrestle other places. She's been in TJPW and stuff like that. But I feel like that was built into the contract too, because she was already wrestling in other places. But I don't know what that situation is. I mean, I got a feeling that she probably got the bug. With the with the WoW stuff and then with the TV show, heels, it's it's highly possible. I don't know. We'll see. He did say that she's had a lot of concussions too, though. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe she just wants to have as much time away from Phil as possible. Annoying motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, next up, let's talk about Triple H being off the board of directors. That's right. You're not hearing this incorrectly. This is accurate. This came out this week as well. That after the deal is made, uh, Triple H will no longer be on the board. What? This constitution fucking, I'm just a bill looking shit. All right. Yeah, go It's great. This is a great, this is a great graphic that I made in like five minutes. Get over it. Got the classic Triple H point. Pointing to his non-name being listed, it's fantastic. So as you can see, you got Vince McMahon, who's the executive chairman of the WWE. You got Ariel Emanuel, who is the CEO of Endeavor. You got Durbin, you got Nick Khan, you got Shapiro. You got, uh, I can't read that because it's too small. Looks like it says Coonan, Kraft, Medina, Nancy, Carrie Wheeler. Um, I had to take all their credentials off of it because it was too big, but... You don't use bullet points and center the text, by the way. That was how I copied and pasted it. So, mm. anyway, there you go. Triple H is off the board. The question to you is: as soon as I find it on my notepad, because these are all out of order. Is, why is he pointing at it? Because he loves pointing at stuff. Yeah, but he's pointing at his own removal. Yes, I love it. Why would he? Why would he love that? He doesn't look happy about it. There's just no, there's no <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, he looks like he's saying, can you believe this shit? <laughs> can you believe this fucking list? This is fucking crazy. All right, anyway. Uh, he's left off the board of directors after this official merger. Uh, my question to you that we're going to discuss on here, good or bad move for the new merged company to leave him off? I have no idea. That's a, that's way above. Do you my think head. that they left him off because he is now technically related to Vince McMahon, and they didn't want didn't want both of them there because of collusion, possibly? Um. Or do you think it's not that deep? If they did do that, I don't think that they have a good idea of what their current working relationship is because it seems like they they butt heads more often than not on a lot of creative stuff and. There's a lot of toe-stepping. So. Oh, yeah, you're talking about for the rest of Endeavor being like, oh, yeah, they'll work together when if they actually yeah. pay attention to the product. No, they don't. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if, if it was done with the idea in mind that they might, like, gang up on the rest of the board to make decisions or whatever the fuck, then no, I don't think that's how that would work at all. Not that it really matters because it's not how controlling stake works anyway. I think it's a bad move, personally. 
Um, because no one here besides uh, Vince McMahon has actually been involved with wrestling the way that Vince has, right? So, and then of course Vince, being the one person on there, it has completely passed him by to the point that he doesn't need to be on there and shouldn't be on there. So Triple H is really your only viable option to actually put a good product out for the people that actually consume your product. Yeah, it does. It's. I feel like it's pretty common even outside of this industry specifically to have a board of directors or uh, like an executive team that has never actually done a lot of the uh, ground level or it's like slightly above ground level shit that they're trying to direct. And that disconnect between the two tiers causes a lot of issues for actual productive work down at the bottom. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's never gone well, I don't think. Yeah. There's always a huge us versus them type deal mentality. Well, you know, it's just a uh, part of the class struggle, baby. Maybe they didn't. So, maybe they didn't want that us versus them. Well, well the, the thing is, another reason I would say Triple H being off the board is a bad move because if you do have a us versus them thing, which is pretty much inevitable because of what I just said about how none of those people are actually uh, in tune with what the fuck actually wrestling entails for the actual product. I mean, it might be good with numbers and sponsors and shit behind the scenes, but they don't know what the fuck the actual product. Like, they're going to be people that suggest stupid shit and. They're going to have to do it because they're the board of directors and they said so, etc. Um, sorry, I thought he was eating my shoe. Um, but my thing is, is Triple H. It's Black Mountain Dew matches. Why would you want Triple H on the opposite side of you, given his past history as a wrestler, where his whole thing was rebelli rebelling against you and then doing the opposite of what you fucking said? Do you think he's that much of a company man or do you think he's... Yes. Still he's I think he's still petty enough that this would uh, would bother him to the point where he's going to be like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want until they get rid of me. He's a, that was a character, okay? Come on. Uh, from all accounts backstage, he was... You never like, know. You never know. He hears, enough, he hears enough bullshit and wants to take up for his people that he's hired or whatever and that he's trying to do shit for and make the product better. I don't know. Sure, but he's also going to be of the mind that I can't change anything from the outside and if I go too far outside of whatever the fuck they want me to do and get removed, then I can't change or make anything better. And you can see I don't know. How's, oh, how's he going to make this better with uh, with the, with this list? You can't do nothing one versus ten. You either. Okay, but listen, they're the board of directors, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be sending down like creative decisions or anything. They could. Well, I mean, that's but, what we thought about NWA too, but they they literally voted on champions and shit. Wait, how do we know that's, that's not going to get to this level? We don't, but I imagine that they're going to get pushback if they suggest it, saying, hey, yeah, that doesn't work in this industry. You also we'll have see. to remember a lot of the Endeavor people are coming over from legitimate competitive... I don't think it was a smart business move to leave them off the list, is my main point. Maybe. I don't think that he's got Leaving enough. him on the list, would that have made a, a huge difference? Maybe not, but he would have still had a little bit of pull where now he doesn't have any pull. He's got the pull of being the one with experience who's doing, who's basically acting as showrunner for a lot but of the But the person with experience should be on the goddamn board of directors. You would think that, but he can have just as much sway regardless as long as the board of directors, like, value. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out for sure. I don't, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about it. I think we're, one day we're going to wake up and Triple H is going to resign just like Stephanie did. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Maybe. All right, next up. 
upgrade the list. Bret Hart recently got a had a um interview with some people, and somebody had asked him on a Q&A who was his top four in WWE history. Mm-hmm. All right. The four he gave was Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Undertaker, and Steve Austin. Now, very commendable that you left yourself off the list. I do commend that, okay? Because a lot of people would put, if we're talking about just WWE history, a lot of people would put Bret Hart up there. He also gave honorable mentions to Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, but he didn't put them in the top four. But he he did mention them too as well. What would you give his list for best ever in WWE history? Graded. I probably I probably wouldn't put Undertaker on there. Undertaker gets on a lot of these lists because of his commitment to the bit. <laughs> but like if you really think about Undertaker as a whole, the whole character is kind of fucking corny. And then Well, if we're talking about best in WWE history and we we're talking about best characters in WWE history, he'd be on the list. If we were talking about uh want me to answer the question? Biggest so his impact work wasn't good enough for me to put him on lists like this. Well, I'm saying is that for this, I think Brett is having uh, rose-colored goggles for this because he worked with Undertaker a lot. And I know he, him and Undertaker had some really good matches together. But like you said, the in-ring work wasn't even good until past his prime. Yeah. That's when he started having really good matches. Well, it's when he stopped being able to just literally no-sell no everything. Um the yeah, I wouldn't put Undertaker on a list like this. The rest of them are all completely understandable. You you understand the argument for them at some level if you think about it like all encompassing of their entire body body work. And I've even said I don't. I mean, Steve Austin wasn't really that great of a wrestler, um, so I don't know. Which I'm still going to change your mind about, but I understand that this doesn't really take into account the stunning Steve part anyway. Right. So that, the conversation we had was about his work in in what, WCW, right? So it doesn't really matter. Um, or ECW too. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, well, The yeah. Rock wasn't mentioned. The Rock didn't have a long enough career in WWE. Obviously, a lot of people don't realize it's that he was not Austin in WWE very really long. Either. Austin was there from '96 to 2002. Yeah, which is only six years. And then, how much of that was actually Stone Cold Steve Austin? That's a good question. Ninety, I want to say around '97 was actual Stone Cold Steve Austin, but it still wasn't the Stone Cold that everybody knows. That didn't happen until not even at King of the Ring. It happened months after that, really, when he started actually turning into that character. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, but that doesn't discredit. It's not. We're not talking about individual characters either, though. Like you can't discredit his ringmaster and leading oh, up I to the. Absolutely discredit everything done. He was still a good wrestler. Listen to me. Listen to me. Still a good promo. You <clears throat> would you say the same thing about Godfather and Papa Shango? What are you talking about? Like. Let's say that I was making an argument that Godfather was the best, one of the best wrestlers in WWE. Um, but let's say that during his Papa Shango period, he fucking sucked. Would you still say, like, oh yeah, it's fine to it's fine to have him up there, including that period, or that it's separate from that? Well, that's a very hypothetical question because that, unless you got an actual, unless you have an actual thing to go by, he didn't suck. That much worse than fucking Austin as far as in-ring work, dude. He was actually a better in-ring worker as ringmaster, but okay. Do you think the ringmaster was like... Okay. You think when people say that Eve Austin is one of the greatest of all time, they're thinking about the ringmaster period? Ever? Greatest in WWE history? 
No, I don't think they are, but I think Bret Hart was. You think Bret Hart was like, yeah, that ringmaster shit. The dude has, who has taken himself grimy. more seriously as a wrestler than anyone else that's ever existed, yes. I think he would be upset that he wasn't called the ringmaster. Who are you Who are you replacing Undertaker and Austin with then? Are you, are you keeping Piper and Savage up there? I mean, for my personal one, probably not. But, I mean, I, I understand the argument. I, I might keep Savage, actually. I could understand the argument for Roddy. Um, Roddy was in WWE way longer than Savage and Undertaker and Austin were. I don't think yeah. people realize how long Roddy Piper was in WWE. I would probably, I would probably put Shawn Michaels in there, and then Roman Reigns. My tribal chief, baby. Who? Roman Reigns. Come on, man. All right. Well, no, when you I get a serious list, you let me know. I think, I think you can make an argument for, um, I think you make a good argument for Cena. Well, I don't, that's why it shocked me when he said Flair, because he mentioned Flair as an alternate. Flair was only in WWE for a few years, eh? a few, two years at his peak. I mean, mm-hmm. when he came Not back, obviously he was old. Yeah. So I maybe, I, I'm not putting Flair on the, the list. Maybe he's counting the old shit. Maybe he's we all know why Brett, or didn't, Brett didn't put Hogan on the list. I'm not putting him on for probably different reasons, but I'm not putting Hogan on the list. I understand that. But Brett's going on the list, right? Um, If I were to swap somebody out for Brett, it'd probably be Piper, yeah. Because Brett was there forever, too. Brett was there since he was in his early 20s with the fucking Heart Foundation that didn't even become the Heart Foundation that we all think of when we think of Heart Foundation. You know what I'm saying? The pink and black, they didn't even wear pink and black till later on. They were wearing blue and black and just black and black and white and shit like that. Like, they weren't even the actual Heart Foundation that everybody just remembers them being. So he had that run, then the actual Heart Foundation run where they were actually winning the titles. Then he had the Intercontinental title run. Then he had the World title runs. Then he had the reformation of the actual Heart Foundation stable run. Like, he was there for a long-ass time. I'm, I'm putting Brett on the list for sure. I'm putting Brett... Sean Savage. Piper is see to me Piper is a is a solid pick. Um only problem with Piper is he only won the IC title one time. See I, I put Piper Piper's a solid pick to me like Culturally. Perfect is. Like eh, no, I think Piper's better than perfect as far as best in WWE history type deal. We're talking about I don't know what this was talking about either. You know what I'm saying? Like, because Brett was all over the place. Was it best wrestler? Because if that's the case, then the whole list changed. No, he wouldn't put Undertaker on a best wrestler. I know. That's what I'm saying. So you had to take it. That's, that's why I would put Piper ab- above uh, perfect. Yeah. We're taking everything into account. Piper's above perfect. And the, it, it, does, it does seem weird to me that people put Flair in these, but not Steamboat. But they were both guys that were more popular in another promotion that came over to WWE briefly and did stuff and had good matches there, but their best work was still pretty much all done in other promotions. Um, what do you think that is? Why do you think he gets left out? Why do I think Steamboat gets left out? Because yeah. Steamboat's title reigns were one month, two months, where Flair's was six, eight, nine months, and then, of course... Piper didn't even have any fucking title reigns. Oh, you're talking about Piper over Steamboat. I'm saying, why does why does Flair get inserted in these conversations, but Steamboat doesn't, over people like Piper, if that makes sense? Oh, 
Piper, why would Piper, why would Steamboat be over Piper? Is my question. Why wouldn't he be? Because he wasn't there nearly as long. Sure. He only had the one IC title reign just like Piper did. Neither was Flair. I don't have Flair on my list though. Okay, I'm asking why you don't think people put Steamboat. Because it wasn't there long enough. I just answered the question. Yeah, but Flair wasn't either. Piper had actual fucking moments and impact. Flair's not on the list though. He, you literally said that he said Michaels and Flair's alternates. Yeah, he was he was considered putting them on there, but okay. there was reasons why he so didn't. They're, well, they're that might be one of the reasons why he didn't. You could swap them out. Well, for Brett specifically, in this case, it's probably because he's actually wrestled Flair multiple times and he never really wrestled Steamboat. I would assume that has something to do with it, just like Undertaker did and Austin did and Piper did. He had a match with Piper, too. That was really fucking good for the IC title when he beat Piper. So I would assume that has something to do with his list. I feel like Flair comes up so much more in these conversations than Steamboat does. Well, I'm not gonna poo-poo Flair, it's... but like for WWE history, no, Flair's not on the list. Yeah. I'm putting, I'm putting Savage, Sean, Brett, and I cannot think of a fourth. I kind of want to put Angle, but I don't know. I don't think he was there long enough either because most of his prime years was Perk Angle in TNA. If he would if he would have never went to TNA and stayed in WWE that whole time on the drugs, dude, he would have been it would have been over. Angle would be considered top one two of all time. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to put I want to put Scott Hall. That's, that's my final I don't know who the I don't know who my fourth would be, bro. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to go Piper just because I can't think of anybody else that would be over be over Piper. When you take talk talk about the charisma, the wrestling, and the segments slash moments that people remember, mm. Piper has a shit ton of them. He's got the gold record with Cindy Lauper. He's got the coconut with Jimmy, Jimmy Snuka. He's got the smoking segment at WrestleMania with uh, whatever the fuck his name was, the actor or whatever that he beat the shit out of. Uh, he's got the infamous shit we shouldn't be talking about, the half-black painted for Bad, Bad News Brown match. Um... <laughs> I don't know if that's a reason. Um, I mean, people remember it. Not, I didn't say it was a good reason. Um, uh, but yeah. I mean, he I, he just has more moments to me. I can't think of... I can't think of anybody. Like, the modern shit is so hard to put modern people on there because they wrestle so often. One, so it's a lot harder to stand out. And two, they push people that are not good. That doesn't help. And then three... It's the same matches up matchups every fucking time. So like, Bret Hart fought it's, Piper once in WWE. Bret Hart fought yeah. Mr. Perfect like twice in WWE. Bret Hart fought Ric Flair twice in WWE. Oh, John Cena fought Edge two hundred fucking times in WWE. Yeah, and it's it's not like, it's not it doesn't help to stand out. Guys like Orton would normally be chewins for lists like these, but it's like it's almost like an oversaturation of his work that makes it harder to include him and in, in stuff like this yeah, yeah i'll probably go i'll probably put piper up there it could change next week but but i'm i'm still giving this list i'll give his list a, a b i'll give his list a b uh, i understand why he made the picks that he made i'll give it a c plus for putting undertaker on there should fucking know better <laughs> all right let's move on Next up, AEW presence felt at Triple Mania last night. Let's talk a little bit about it. Triple A 
Mania. Uh, all right, so Taya lost her title to a Flamer, which begs the question as to why AEW never had Taya come out with the title on AEW to make her feel like a bigger deal in the first place, especially in her matches against Jade and Statlander, right? To make her feel like she actually had a shot to win those matches. When you got FTR had their titles and they had no problem with that, why didn't she come out with hers? That could have been Triple A's call because if they had said, you know, you're booking her in a program to lose, so don't have her come out with the belt, it makes our shit look worse. I mean, that could have been the case too. Uh, New Japan doesn't have that problem. Well, New Japan, in fact, most of New Japan, Japan champions come over and lose, so I don't, I don't understand what the issue is there. I mean, if that's the issue, then that's a AAA issue and not an AW issue at that point that I would take. Yeah, it's uh, AAA's call. Just to have the title, though? Yeah. I mean, she's and having a competitive match. It's not like she got squashed by Jade Cargill and Chris Atlander. It could still help put eyes on her be like, oh, she's a champion over there. Let's go watch that match. You're still getting dubs in between those two matches, too. I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. Anyway, um, it's a missed opportunity to me, but whatever. The real champ. Okay. Kino retained his title but collapsed backstage after the match. The match yeah, also included Jack Cartwheel, Mike Bailey, and Daga. Uh, so that was interesting to see that video. I don't know if it's a if it's a work or not. I couldn't really tell, honestly. I would go more on it's a work, but hopefully he's okay, just in case it's not. I hope he's work. okay. They didn't have him sell anything during the match where it would make sense for it to be a work necessarily either. And the medical shit that they were doing all looked pretty legitimate as far as the way that they were treating it. So I don't know. Um, either way, I hope he's good. hope it's, you know, ideally it's just an angle, but uh, the way that everything looked and the fact that it wouldn't really make sense in the context of the match to have him selling like a, like passing out backstage kind of thing because it's not like it's not like he took some crazy move that he, and he's trying to sell like being weak for a future match or something like it just doesn't make any sense it's an angle um so all know. right let's go move on to the next match though psycho clown defeated sam adonis in a four-way hair versus mass match in the main event that also included roosh and la park so adonis brother of Corey Graves, had to cut his hair that was interesting i mean I, I, that, the problem with that being the main event is that everybody knew that adonis was going to lose when you when you look consider the other three people in the match, there's no way. Roosh ain't cutting his fucking hair. Roosh ain't cutting his hair. And LA Park sure the fuck ain't losing his mask. Psycho Clown sure the fuck ain't losing his mask. Right. Nah. Now if there was another person in there like a fucking Pentagon, then everybody's eyes would have been glued to the set because they're like, oh, so one, one of these motherfuckers is gonna look drastically different. Same with Donna's not so much. Um, and then of course the match that you want to talk about, obviously. QT Marshall won the Hell Latin yeah. American Championship, but the but the most surprising thing to me isn't that. And by the way, they hate fucking QT Marshall over there, which is fantastic. It's not even that. It's who he beat to win it, yeah. which is fucking crazy. He beat <laughs> Pentagon, Drillistico, and Tejano Jr. Are you kidding me? Listen. And for those no. that you don't know who Tejano Jr. is, he's a big fucking deal over there. And I believe he was in Lucha man. Underground for a bit, too. They don't call him quality television, Marshall, for nothing, baby. Holy I mean, shit! I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. That's crazy. All right, I, but the question is, why we're bringing up this whole thing, right? Is I want to know, do you think AEW is better represented in AAA or New Japan? 
Uh, out outside of Kenny Omega, definitely Triple A. Like a hundred percent Triple A. Uh, and Moxley to some extent too. Well, I mean, we can only go by the one Kenny Omega match so far. We're not we're not talking about Kenny Omega before he went to AEW, obviously. No, no, no. But I'm saying he had the one had... match with Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom and ended up winning. Right, and and they treat him like he's a huge fucking deal. Um, whereas and Moxley, they do with Moxley too. But when other people go over there, or when they wrestle them, when they wrestle New Japan guys over here, it's not like they're. No, I, I think AAA definitely makes a bigger deal out of AEW people, but it's because they need the cross-promotion more. They want more eyes on the product, so they want to give more championships and more wins to American guys. So It just makes sense. I, I agree with you. I think it's I think AAA does it better as well. I just don't understand why, if you're going to present them so well, present the people that AEW are also going to present well, so that you can have those titles show up on there, so you can grab those eyes that potentially come over, so you don't have the same issue that New Japan has. Like you're, you're trying to get to where New Japan is, right? You just basically said AAA is not as big as New Japan, which is accurate as far as globally. So if I'm going to give a title to somebody in AAA, even though I do, I love the fact that QT Marshall won this title. I'm not giving it to QT Marshall. We're not. We're not doing any QT slander today. Yes, we are, because no. if you gave it to someone other than Taya, by the way. That's a that's an AEW drop the ball type deal, not a fucking AAA thing because she's always been big in AAA. But if you're gonna give it a title, if you're gonna give it to, if you're gonna give your titles to other people in other promotions that are national promotions in other countries, give them to people that you know that they're going to push and get dubs on TV with your title on screen. He is he's the leader of a successful. Dude, faction. don't start your shit. Don't master water this shit. Show. Don't do it. And that man ain't won an AEW match in how long? Come on, don't be that guy. That's like Barry Horowitz going there from WWF and no. winning the fucking title. Yes, it no. is. Yes, no. it is. Yes, it is. I don't think that man's won a TV match since fucking, like an actual TV match, not YouTube. A TV match since fucking Dustin Rhodes during the pandemic era. That's not true. There's no way that's true. All right. Oh, you look that up because I don't care enough to look it up. Um, We're going to the final thing, but I do agree with you. I think AAA or AAA presents AEW guys and women better than New Japan. Uh, final final topic of the show is about Shinsuke Nakamura. If you watched Raw this past Monday, he seemingly turned heel on Rollins at the end of Raw. This obviously postpones the Cody versus Rollins match again, which seems to be a common theme given everyone thinks his world title win won't mean anything unless it's against Roman. But that aside... Do we really need another Nakamura heel turn right now? And did we need it to get here to go against Rollins? What would you do with Nakamura at this stage in his career? Is he still a viable option to have as a world champion? Or has that ship sailed? For the record, before we get to that. On TV. On TV. He just beat... Uh, him and Johnny mm -hmm. TV just beat Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy back in uh, late June. June 28th. On Rampage? Um, yeah, on Rampage. Doesn't it's count. TV. Doesn't count. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> it was edited. I love Our Rampage, but it's still edited. It's taped. Are you going to answer my question about Nakamura? What about it? What about oh it? my god, damn. I was reading about the champ, baby. I said... Nakamura turned heel on Rollins, 
seemingly. We don't know for sure. But, I mean, it was a heelish move, obviously. At the end of Raw, this obviously postpones Cody versus Rollins again, which seems to be a common theme given everyone thinks his world title win won't mean anything unless it's against Roman. But that aside, do we really need a Nakamura heel turn right now to get there? What would you do with Nakamura at this stage in his career? Is it still a viable option to have him as a world champion, or has that ship sailed in your eyes? I would release him and let him go to eight. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, I know that. Okay, well, assuming you don't work for both promotions, right? Okay. If you're just working for WWE, what would you do with Nakamura? Um, I, I probably wouldn't be doing this. I'd probably be building him up to take the title off of Gunther or something. Um, or maybe have, if you're, if you're insistent on turning him heel, maybe him be the one to, to take it off of Ray, since I don't think Ray was the original choice anyway uh, for the U.S. title. But... Um, Obviously, that involves a lot of show swapping since those are... Yeah, there, go, there you go with that lack of draft again. Yeah, because I don't give a shit. Cause More drafts! Yeah, draft doesn't matter. I mean, if you're, if you're going to change the guy into a heel anyway, you could absolutely just have him show up on another show. Why are we turning him into a heel, though? Why? He's an evil foreigner. Come on. That's that's what I... That's the first thought I went through. Like, if they give him world <laughs> title run, that's what they're going to push him as because, you know, Vince... So Vince is bad. So he's got to be a heel. You can't have a fucking Japanese star be a face. Same thing with Asuka. Same well, shit, dude. Yeah, Io Sky's a face right now, right? Kind of. Yeah, because people are cheering her, but she ain't presented as a face. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I liked his heel run where he did the no speaking. No. Thing. That was good. United States of Nakamura was good, right? I like that with the Sami Zayn shit that you're talking about. That was okay. But after that, it was just the same shit. Like, you just go out there and lose to whoever is the, in your same level of fucking push constantly and putting everybody else over. It's stupid as fuck. Not only that, you already have so many heels on Raw, man. You've got Judgment Day. They're fucking heels. Mine is Rhea Ripley. You've got... uh, You've got fucking... Also, Champa's being presented as a heel. Bronson Reed is a fucking heel. The Miz is a heel. Wait, when is Tommaso Champa being presented at all? <laughs> The last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. When he finally came back. I don't know how the fuck they just don't. Gargano is healthy. Just bring DIY back, man. I'm okay with the way being dissipated. I know Triple H loves the way and Vince hates the way. I'm firmly on Vince's side in that. I think it's a pointless stable. It's not going to go nowhere. Get rid of the stable. If you want to keep fucking Candice together with DIY, that's fine. And then she can also have her own matches, obviously, because I think it's a waste to have her just be a manager or valet. She definitely needs to be having matches. And then if you want to have Hartwell be with Dexter Loomis until they do a breakup storyline or some shit, that's fine, too. I'm cool with that. But the way need to go away and fucking DIY need to come back so that they can actually do something. And you can actually have a fucking tag team in your tag team division. Nostalgia act. Um, I... They do need more tag teams. Well, New Day just came back for the 11th time, so that's good. Yeah, but the Usos just left. <laughs> so <laughs> so what are they going to do? Team. There's no way. Yeah. It's the only match we can book in the tag team division. It's Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders and the Usos versus the New Day. That's the only two matches we can fucking present, you guys. Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the Uso thing, somebody mentioned this, and I thought it was... A good idea, even though they'll never fucking do it. But um, somebody, since they moved into the alumni page and he said he's quitting WWE and all that, somebody said that uh, 
it'd be cool if they had worked out some kind of agreement with other promotions where Jay just goes and like wrestles for them for a few months to kill some time before the whatever in inevitable match they're trying to set up with him and Jimmy. Um, and goes and shows up just like an AW or some shit. <laughs> They'd never agree to it. That's just how they are. But um, it would be cool if, if the partnerships were there to do stuff like that, to do storylines like that. Um, I mean, we could both agree that they're just throwing shit at the wall at this point, right? They've ran yeah, out of ideas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do you think the they're doing the same thing with Nakamura? Um, Rollins has no viable options besides Cody. Lesnar's taking like another break, right? So, and then you can't have that match because if Cody doesn't go over, it makes Cody look weak. He's already beaten Rollins three fucking times in a row. One time injured in a hell in a cell. So you can't have him go over, and you can't have him. Uh, you can't have him lose either. Yeah. So like you're out of options, and this is literally what we were telling you the entire time during this entire bloodline story that you're shooting yourself in the foot. But now you got a new world champion that's supposed to be taken seriously by Rollins, who wants it to be taken seriously, and I fully believe him when he says that. But you have no viable fucking opponents. It's weird that they didn't have the foresight knowing that all this was coming, because obviously they knew what was going to happen with the, the Rollins-Balor stuff a while ago. Why haven't they spent the last few weeks building up, like, Baron Corbin or something to make him, you know, give him some wins, give him some Oh, he's been on NXT, that's why. I, I understand. Here, here's, the, here's what I don't understand. You know what? how could they could have solved all this, though? Like, legit? Draft Cody to the same brand as Roman and we wouldn't even have these discussions. You would have had to put somebody else. You could have still done the Brock Lesnar thing because Brock Lesnar was a free agent. You could have still done that whole fucking thing that you did with him and we'd still be in the same spot. He'd still be lurking and then just other people keep interrupting him on his way back to Roman. That's the adversity that you could show. Right? While Roman's still involved with the bloodline. All that could still be doing the exact same fucking thing if Cody was on SmackDown. So it made no sense for him to be on Raw for no fucking reason. You think maybe Bray was supposed to be part of this, but whatever his weird medical... That's a great question. Of... I don't know. I have no idea. He was on SmackDown before. I don't know what his... I don't know what it would have been. Like, because he didn't get drafted, I don't believe. So maybe he was going to be on Raw instead. And he could have done some shit with Rollins, but did anybody really want to see that? But you get what I'm saying, like... And then, of course, uh, Lashley went to SmackDown, and that's who he was involved with before he went out. I don't know what they... Maybe? Possibly? It could have had a big issue in the plans, but the other thing with that is that was when Vince wasn't back, and then he came back, so that those plans would have changed anyway because apparently he doesn't want Bray to do anything that Bray wants to do. So, who knows? Um, but I would have been perfectly okay with Cody being drafted to... SmackDown and LA Knight being drafted to Raw, and you would have fixed all this. Yeah, yeah. There's, it, it does seem like there's better options than to turn Nakamura for the fiftieth fucking time. Um, but that would require enough foresight to build into those options prior to the Finn Balor stuff being concluded. So, the, the dumb thing, the thing, dumb thing to me is they're talking about some Nakamura is going to talk and tell you why he did it or whatever. And the last time we just had that on SmackDown, it didn't make any fucking sense. So. With the Jimmy yeah, Uso thing. Out there with a microphone and be like, I wanted to. <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> but the whole thing leading up to his teasing of the heel turn in, in the beginning was he just wanted to be left alone and people would stay the fuck out of his matches. Well, Rollins didn't fucking do any of that. So when he attacked Champ or he attacks Bronson Reed, that made sense. Attacking Seth Rollins after the match, after y'all just won, didn't make any sense. I don't understand. 
Oh, you can say that all the oh, oh, oh You should have tagged me in. I don't. <laughs> they used to sing yeah. my song. Now they sing yours. I don't fucking yeah. know. It's so, it's so weird. It's WWE though. But I don't think we needed a Nakamura turn to get to that point though. He could have just fucking wrestled Seth Rollins. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Now we got to go through like six months of this fucking old theme that he had where no one can sing along because he's a heel and you can't sing along to a heel because this isn't AEW. So. Yeah, you'd think that they would learn something from that, right? Like, oh, we see the other company doing that, and it works out fine, because after they're done singing it and cheering for themselves like a bunch of fucking little marks, then they all start booing the heel afterward. And I mean, it's that's fine. how Rollins was, too, at the beginning, right? Rollins, everybody sang his song while he was a heel, and then he turned into a face, and then it just got louder or whatever, and they just cheer instead of boo afterwards. Let them pop themselves real quick and get it out of their system, and they'll they'll do whatever you want them to do. If they do something despicable enough, they'll boo them. Who cares? Also, I mean, they kind of did the same thing, too, with, uh, I mean, well, no, I guess not. They, they do it with MJF him. all the time, by the way. They'll cheer when MJF comes out and his music hits, and then they'll immediately start bowing him when he says something. Fucking banger-ass theme, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. There's no reason to have Nakamura turn heel for that. It makes no sense to me. Zero. Nakamura should not be thrown through the flames because you don't know how to fucking bring up heels and push heels so that you could actually have real contenders to Rollins' title, like you said, with a Baron Corbin or whatever. Why do you think they didn't do, uh, like, a McIntyre or something? Or is it because he just lost his Intercontinental title match, so they're now, now they're like, well, it wouldn't make any sense for him to challenge Dude, Rollins don't, that would have made perfect sense. What are you talking about? McIntyre so going heel would have been awesome. He would have been pissed because he didn't win the title? Dude, right. yes. That would have been cool as fuck. I've been I okay agree, with that. But in their Maybe. head, do you think they're like, oh, do you think like, oh, well, he just lost for this title, so it doesn't make any sense for him to go for a higher. People do that all the time. But no, I don't believe that ever crossed their mind. People lose the Intercontinental title and then literally go fucking challenge for the world title and win it. So no, I don't believe that's the case at all. I do. And there's no Clash at the Castle 2 coming up where he has to be a fucking baby face. So I don't understand. He's been a face for a long time now. Turn his ass heel. That that's the person that should have turned heel. I'm glad you brought his name up. Yes, that's who should have turned heel. Everybody should have left out the ring. Rollins should have been celebrating still. Drew McIntyre slides in. One, two, three, Claymore kick. And looks at him, stares him down, and then leaves. Everybody's booing. Well, that's how they should have done the, it. He wouldn't do the one, two, three count anymore as a, as a heel. That's for the fan involvement. Well, that could have been like the signal of the last time he does it. That would have been awesome. You don't have to do it anymore. And then do it? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> he could. Well, he could have flipped them off after he kicked them. Not in the middle of the count. Let's 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 get let's get the business done first before we start pausing to taunt. Before we start making our point, dude. He's gotta build up a special meter, baby. One, two, three, <laughs> boom. That would have been great. No, I I dude, I'm fully on board with that. That should definitely happen. That would have been great. Because like I said, the only viable heel you have on the show currently, because Lesnar's a free agent and now he's taking time off, is your intercontinental champion that's not gonna go against Rollins in the first place. But Nakamura just shouldn't have been... He shouldn't have been the guy to do it. Shouldn't have been the dude. That would have been cool with... Okay, so... Cody versus aside, because we still associate... I still associate him with SmackDown. I would have been perfectly okay with Rollins versus McIntyre. And if Rollins wins, he can go against a face Nakamura at Royal Rumble or something. Or if McIntyre wins as a heel, he could go against Nakamura, which is a match I don't think we've ever seen, which would have been cool as fuck. If we have seen it, it hasn't been oh, 200 times like Edge versus Cena, like we were talking about earlier. So that would have been a nice little change of pace as well. 
I think those those matchups, those are the guys that I like to see in the world title picture. I just don't like how they're being presented in that world picture currently. Because after all the losses that McIntyre has taken at WrestleMania and then one-on-one against Gunther in his two highest profile matches, and then if you want to throw in Clash at the Castle there as well against Roman, he's lost a lot of big matches in a row. He would have an actual reason to turn heel. He would have an actual reason to be pissed at other champions. Hey, why did you get this shot? I didn't get this shot. You know, stuff like that because Rollins was in the tournament and I don't believe McIntyre was. So you've got that underlying thing, which would have made a lot more sense and gave given him a whole nother layer as a heel right away, whereas Nakamura turns heel and you're like, why? And you have no idea why. Yeah, I guess the only downside of it is that then you, assuming you don't have Rollins lose it there, you are essentially putting together two back-to-back title chase programs where he doesn't make it, which is kind of bad for his long-term. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out, but I'm just tired of seeing fucking Rollins versus Finn Balor, Rollins versus Dom. It does have the the Cody Rollins issue where they can't really do Cody versus Rollins because now Rollins is A of face and B because obviously Cody is going to win whatever belt he goes for and having Rollins lose four times in a row fucking sucks. If you had McIntyre take it off of Rollins, then you could have Cody beat McIntyre instead. Well, that's just not what's going to happen because yeah. of the Cody verse. Yeah, like like I I agree with you. If the Cody verse didn't exist and he didn't put all this effort into, hey, I have to win the title that Roman has because that's the title, right? Yeah. Then yeah, I agree with you. And Cody could be on Raw, but Cody being on Raw just doesn't make sense because of everything that's gone on to it. Because you literally could have Cody on SmackDown and do exactly the same shit that you've done on Raw because Brock was a free agent and that's who he's been feuding with since the night after WrestleMania. It doesn't make any sense for him to have been on Raw. None. Besides the fact that, hey, it's a three-hour program and we need another big name. But that's really your own fault for only having three fucking big names on your whole fucking promotion. That's your own fault. Uh, A little their fault, but also Orton's out injured and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's... Rollins would be another good heel. I mean, uh, Orton would be another good heel to go against Rollins on his return. He can have a quick little thing where he turns on Riddle when he comes back, beat Riddle in a singles match real like a squash pretty much and then go after Rollins. That would be fine too. I'd be cool with that. They have enough history to make that interesting too. So. Yeah, especially the WrestleMania one where he gave Rollins the second coolest RKO. So yeah. Huh? The first is Evan Bourne. Come on, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Do not be that guy up in here. RKOing jobbers. Whoa! Okay, let me write this down on the notepad because we're going to do this. We're going to do a list of best RKOs. Hold on. I'm, I'm getting some more content coming to the YouTube channel. Best RKO. I wonder if I can do a tier list on that. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. That's going to be a tier list dropping on there. I got a lot of ideas. It's just my computer is not cooperating. Um. <laughs> But anyway, for this long of a little run here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty proud of it right now, but it did it last week too, and then started fucking up. So who knows? And last week it was two hours and forty fucking minute show. But anyway, that was my last topic. So, um, but like I said, do you? uh, Well, I'll just ask this just to end it, because you said if you were him, or if you were in WWE or whatever, and you were in charge of creative, you wouldn't have had Nakamura turn. But I don't believe you answered the second part of my question, which do you still view him as a viable option as a world champion? Not, not yet. They'd have to do a lot of rehab on him. No, but but you're saying that it could happen. Like you yeah, still yeah, see no, value they, in him. Okay, to be that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, got you. All right. 
All right, that's what I was, I was curious. Oh, I didn't know if time had passed them by or something, because I feel like they're treating AJ Styles like he's never going to win a world title again at the moment, which is crazy. I, mean, I, would say the, I would say the same thing about Corbin. Like, there's ways that you can rehab people's images as long as they've had some sort of history of success. But it's when they've never had any, like, high history of success, and then you try to bring them back from a losing streak that it never really works. So. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jack. That's Ryan. This has been the MonsterCast. Hope you enjoy this week of wrestling. We'll be back next week. Fingers crossed. And uh, hope you have a great week. Deuces.